Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rival's pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step to 53342. New York, call the 24-7 Hope Line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros, of course. I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazzy Lambray, and joining us straight from Michoacan, Mexico, my brother, my partner, Fernando Vila. Yeah, I'm here in the birthplace of Rafa Marquez, the Mexican legend. Wow. The Kaiser of Michoacan. That's who's who's Rafa uh, Marquez? Who's that? Rafa Marquez is probably the greatest, if, if not the one of two greatest Mexican soccer players of all time. He played wow, for Barcelona okay. for many years. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, yeah. And he's from yeah, yeah. Michoacan. He's from Michoacan. Yeah. Wow, that's here. fire. Super yeah. fire. Anyway, on today's show, we're going to get into, you know, it's Marty Week over here. Obviously, you guys know that the, the champion, the godfather, the patron saint of cinema, Martin Scorsese, just dropped his new movie, Killers of the Flower Moon, um, via Apple, but it's in theaters right now. Going to go see that uh, tomorrow. But we did just wanted to talk about uh, Marty, Nando saw the movie, this, this, that, and the third. Uh, the Republicans have nominated a speaker. Uh, we'll get into that. But first, of course, we got to big it up to the UAW, man. They, they, they reached an agreement, a tentative agreement with Ford. They still got to figure it out with Chrysler and GM, but Ford is locked in. Um, some of the details of the, of the move is... They, they got 25% raises for their top-end workers, pushing them above 40 bucks an hour. They got raises at 68% for the bottom workers. Um, they got rid of the tiered system, so there are no tiered workers anymore. Everybody's in line to get to their top pay. Everybody's in the union. It's beautiful. Secured bonuses for retirees and pensioners. 
Um, just incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, cost of living adjustments. They've secured stuff that they had to give back. They've clawed that back. Um, and, and just an amazing win for the union and those workers. Again, we say this all the time, Nando. Some of the only good news out there. Go turn on your CNN. Go, go open up your New York Times app. You go try to find it. Um, it's not out there for us as far as normal everyday people are concerned. It's the top story um, on Jacobin right now. Of so, course. Of course yeah. it is. Shouts to our family over there at Jacobin. But yeah, man, this is, this is just incredible, bro. Yeah, I mean, just to put into context, again, we've talked about the new leadership at the Teamsters and at the UAW, this kind of more aggressive militant leadership. I mean, just to put this in stark contra uh, contrast to what the previous union leadership was at the UAW. There's the union leadership now, uh, led by Sean Fain, is saying that the new agreement with Ford is amounts to a 30% uh, raise for workers. To put that into, into context, from 2001 to 2022, so over 20 years, they only got 23% raise. Mm -hmm. 20, in that 20-plus year span, their wages only increased 23%. And with this strike... And this deal, they've gotten their wages up 30%. So it just goes to show, like, worker militancy, solidarity, organization, all that good stuff fucking delivers the goods, man. It delivers the, it delivers the fucking goods. And I, what I thought was interesting, again, the, the, this guy, Sean Fain, the new leader of the UAW, is being very creative in the way he is calling on these kind of little strikes here and there, like strategically placed at different plants. Like, he, he, he didn't call, like, a kind of mass general strike mm -hmm. across the three companies. He's kind of identifying pain points and hitting hitting them at strategic times. So right now, for example, now that they reached a tentative agreement with Ford, he's talking about sending those workers back to work even before they ratify the contract because he knows it'll put a ton of pressure on GM. That's the point. That's the part. Because Ford's, the part. Ford's fucking, you know, That's cranking the part. away. You know? Ford is, is, is cranking out cars, cranking out Broncos, cranking out Fusions Mustangs. all day, Mustangs yeah. all day, every single day, while GM and Chrysler abides by this strike and they fall behind, thereby losing more and more money every single day by not coming to the table with a real fucking deal for the people. So this is just fire, man. Uh, there's just no, there's no two ways about it again. Worker militancy is what achieved this. It wasn't Joe Byron. It wasn't Donald Trump. It wasn't Gavin Newsom. It wasn't Wait, is Joe Byron, a new nickname that I don't know about. I've been calling him Joe Byron for a minute. I forgot somebody called him Joe Byron way okay. back. It, it, it might've been Tracy Morgan who was okay. on my flight to um, LA from New York, by the way. Fuck yeah. One uh, of the funniest dudes a, of all time, bro. You know those big ass golf golf carts that they basically move people through the airport with. Yeah, he was on one of those. He was on one of those, right, <laughs> with his like entourage, like his team, not like a yeah. real entourage, yeah. like his this fucking yeah. corporate entourage. Yeah. And he had one of those like portable Bose speakers, and he was playing "Murder She Wrote." Ah, Murder <laughs> She. He was playing that when he pulled up to the gate. I swear to God. It was an incredible scene. And people That's got awesome. up to go take pictures, say what up to him. He was just loving it. Fucking New York City legend, Tracy Morgan. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was just a dope, dope win. And again, I love the snowball effect of the fact that, bro, people are buying cars, man. 
And if Chrysler just doesn't have cars to give, they're going to go across the street. Yeah. If GM doesn't have cars to provide, they're going to go across the street and yeah. go to the next best option. And so, man, this is just this is just amazing. I'm sure these other contracts are going to come in slowly but surely. But, yeah, there's, there's really nothing else to say about it, Nando. Yeah, no, it really is. Just, again, it's, it's politics. That's what it really is. Um, one, one the only way to only way to deliver the goods for working people is through organized labor. Organization. You know? Yeah. Organize the people. Um, you know, moving on to the G- GOP elected a speaker. Never heard of this guy. Never heard of him. No idea how he was able to corral the votes. I'm sure he had to sell his soul to the devil, just like his predecessor did. Um, do we have confirmation on if he has them same crazy rules placed on him where anybody could recall his ass? I have no idea, dude. We don't even know. But All they, I know is that he's like he seems to be like a religious psycho that he he hosts like a, a Bible podcast with his wife, um, which we should do a, we should do an episode swap with them. Uh, Wolf Bros, uh, see if they'll see if they'll do a <laughs> <laughs> swap. Shouts, shouts to him and his wife and the Bible, but yeah, they got that done. Um, I don't expect much to change on the GOP side. It's not like this guy's gonna lead some sweeping leadership. He's not gonna be some. You know, he's not going to whip up a bunch of votes to pass a bunch of legislation. We know that's not the point of this entire exercise. It's not to get stuff working for people in America, right? It's not, it's not yeah. to listen to the, the problems of the constituents. It's not to do any of that. Uh, yeah. You can expect more of the same to be going on with these jokers. And so, yeah, we got nothing. I got, I got nothing for it yeah. with this homie. Um, yeah. I barely know his name. Uh and so, yeah. That's the kind of analysis you people come to. For, I know, I know. I know. We, we should have some more. But, it, you know, this guy essentially just, its he's not somebody who has been in leaderships in different forms in the party and, you know, certain committees and been super influential or, you know, he's just not. <laughs> it's, it's not the case. It's a guy. He's just like, just you forget, dude. like, Congress is not like the Senate. There's just a bunch of random-ass randos, fucking jokers in there. Bro, so yeah. many randos. And so, yeah, we got we got nothing for that. But I saw online that you posted your personal Marty list, yeah, which I which I took a gander as. I was proud that you had Wolf of Wall Street third because yeah, man. Oh my god, Wolf of Wall Street. I think that's my probably my personal favorite Marty. Yeah. I, I wouldn't begrudge anyone putting that up there. That's it's one of the my greatest personal favorite ever made. Marty. It's my personal favorite Leo. Again, two of my yeah. favorites. In their both respected fields, um, but yeah, we'll we'll get into the list. But just no spoilers because I haven't seen the movie. What can you tell people who haven't seen the movie and want to be excited about seeing Marty's latest movie? Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about Butcher Box. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum-sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. 
You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not gonna find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. You're muted, Nando. One second, I lost my... My AirPods kind of disconnected. One second. Um, I don't know what happened here. Maybe he's dead. No, no, no. I would have heard the little noise. Okay, I'm back. All right. Sorry about that, Jerv. Talk, talk, was one second. One, two, three, four, five, six. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're my. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'll just answer the question. Yeah. Jerv, just cut, just cut into. It. The movie is incredible. I mean, there's just no other way to there's no other way to to say it. It's not as fun as some of the other Marty's. You know, like sure. Wolf of Wall Street is important and and an it's, indictment of America, but yes. it's fucking fun. Yeah, the Irishman so much fun. is like sad and like this meditation on death and regret, but it's got some moments in there that are fun. You know, like yeah. there's there's you know a lot of good humor in there. Um, I mean, Goodfellas is a fucking blast. I mean, there's Goodfellas is the most fun movie in the history of movies. Yeah. That's that's what it's claimed the fame is. Like yeah. from the moment go, this yeah, movie like, is Whoa. running. Yeah, yeah. Killers of the Flower Moon, while it has some funny parts, like it has that Marty humor. He always has a sense He's of humor. Got a great sense of humor. Um, is not a fun movie. It is not fun. It is a. It is a just sledgehammer to the face over and over and over again it is unpleasant in many ways and it's kind of the point you know because i don't know if you know the premise or the or anything about it because it's based on a true story yeah just this idea that these um indigenous homies came into some riches some resources and the white man came to take it from them yes basically that's the story (laughs) and it is really like i think marty felt when he's talking about the mafia or, you know, the destruction of organized labor, which is what the Irishman's about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, or he, where he's talking about wall street, you know, these kind of like major indictments of the kind of institutions of America mm-hmm. that undergird our entire system. He feels very confident. And that's why I think he's, uh, that's why he, he feels like he can have a lot more fun with it. Mm. When it comes about the, genocide of native americans that was perpetrated and the kind of just stealing of everything you know they had and their land and then even when they got a little money just through some fluke of history they had to steal that too he does he 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 shows like so much more restraint than he does in his other movies and he doesn't do any kind of tricks 
He doesn't do any of wow. the party kind of like wow the camera the camera tricks. He's not he's, he's not, not giving not you the flash. There's a little dash. bit. There's a little bit. There's okay. A little bit. There's a few scenes you can see when the camera did you, running did you around read the, the house. Did you read the interview in GQ? Shout to my man Zach Barron. That's my boy. Dude, right that there. is the best celebrity profile I think I've ever read. Bruh. That is like up there with uh, um, Frank Sinatra has a cold. You know, the famous. Celebrity, it was so profile. beautiful in yeah. the sense of a, a guy coming to terms with his life. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, like I almost so... started crying. Like, I was. Yo, like... same, bro. Marty's <laughs> like, yo, I'm going to die. I'm like, yeah. yo, fuck. <laughs> when he was talking about going to LA, he's like, all my friends there are gone. The only, the only person I could really hang out there is Leo. Uh, there with is Leo and all my other friends are just gone and you know most of my friends are gone and I'm just kind of here making I'm 300 million dollar movies for Apple <laughs> bruh yeah so yeah so I thought that GQ profile was beautiful no the reason why I brought that up because again Zach just he fucking knocked that out the park Shouts to, go read that Zach Barron GQ yeah. profile of Martin Scorsese but there was a part where he was just like you know, certain times I get tired of seeing people rip me off. It's like at a certain yeah. point, fun, yeah. like it's not even flattery anymore. It's like yeah. you didn't even innovate on it. Like you didn't add any, you just straight ripped me off. Like to hear an 82 year old, however yeah. old Marty is, man, talk about people ripping off his style still. I was like, this guy is, mwah. he is the yeah. GOAT, dude. Dude, he's our, he's like one of our greatest. Americans like he's yes, really just period. one of the greatest Americans I mean and you hear him speak and he's got so much wisdom yes. and so much life within yes. him and just uh, this you know it feels like he's above kind of the bullshit stuff that we're arguing about all day like he's kind of above it um and and with Kills of the Flower Moon he he really just kind of it really does feel like an old master trying out something new and totally delivering on it mm. um so confident in his abilities you can just tell there's a thing the, the the end end of the movie which i will not spoil but the end end of the movie will remind you of that gq profile and mm. is one of the most audacious strange and creative decisions i've seen anyone do in any movie like i, I can't wow. describe just how off the fucking wall, it is. Like, his choice was that how he was going to end that fucking movie. Wow. You know? Like, it's just, it's completely out of left field. You're like, what is going on? It feels like you just got transported to a different movie. But it totally works, and it totally makes sense. Um, again, like, when I put my ranking of Marty Scorsese movies, uh, which we can which we can, we can link to the my Letterboxd. Uh, yes, list. we have to Marty joined Letterboxd today. I just saw Marty that Scorsese on, I just saw that on my Instagram because he's the fucking best. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> he's he a film a, bro. <laughs> dude, he's a total film bro. He made a list of all the films that he that inspired Killers of the Flower Moon. And it's like 50 movies from the 50s and of 60s course. that I'd never heard of in my life. Of course. Um, and so... So yeah, so the reason why I mean, you know, it's not a it's not a fun movie. Like again, like I was rewatching a little bit of Irishman on the plane just because you know I was thinking about Scorsese in his late period, and the Irishman's fun, man. It's fun. Um, you know, my personal number one, and this is like a personal thing. Like I'm not saying it's the most your personal number one is Mean Streets. Mean why Streets. Why is that, dude? You want, have you seen Mean Streets? I have. I I, I didn't get it. I, I I didn't. You didn't I just, get it. I didn't get it when I watched it the first time. 
I was I like, would, this I is... would watch again. I mean, Mean Streets came out in 1973, which is 50 years ago. Yeah. Literally 5-0. <laughs> he fucking made Mean Streets. <laughs> and he's making the, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon this year. Um, mean Streets, to me, feels like such a leap forward in terms of how movies were made. In terms of just how the speed, the pacing, the flash, the pizzazz, the 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 music, the needle drops, you know, like Got you. Um, like it just feels like a great leap forward, and it feels like like Scorsese being like, you see all the tricks he has, like you see Goodfellas, you see all the stuff he had. He was like a twenty six year old kid, you know, coming out of nowhere and making this fucking awesome movie with Robert De Niro, who was completely unknown, just com- blowing everyone off the screen. Like there's one improvised scene with De Niro where he's talking to Harvey Keitel that he improv basically the whole thing and it's so fucking electric you know like that is that is the way I describe that movie it's just like it's a young person totally finding himself and just making electricity I don't know that, that movie when I watch it it's almost like comfort food like it feels so alive to me he's made like bigger movies he's made more important movies more serious sure. movies this was just a movie about him he was making a movie about his friends and the people he grew up with and it also has, I always love that subgenre of movie, like Days and Confused, Richard Linklater. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Kicking and Screaming, Noah Baumbach. Like the, young people make a movie about like their friends growing up. And so it, Even it has, super bad to a certain extent. Super bad. It from totally, this. <laughs> 100%. And, and so those movies about like a group of friends or a group of people who are from this, young people from the same milieu, and they have their idiosyncrasies and their linguistic tics and their little social hierarchies and things like that. I always love those movies. Like I, I, that sub, little subgenre of movies, one, one that I love. And Mean Streets is like the number one of those movies. Um, but anyway, um, I just think like it's Killers of the Flower Moon is nowhere near as as fun as those, and it's not meant to be. I mean, it is mm-hmm. it is a dark. It's more dark in, in, in like silence isn't fun either. <laughs> no, silence isn't fun, but silence is more you know ethereal and and. And spiritual. Marty's God stuff is, you know, because yeah, it's ill because, like, as a lapsed Catholic, I've never looked back. Yeah. Whereas, like, Marty is somebody who's constantly, like, re-examining his position yeah. on his faith. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it like, the, the, he's just, like, so tormented yeah. <laughs> by his love of Jesus or his previous love of Jesus. Or his, like, or just, like, the way they beat it into him when he was a kid. I mean, that's, right. like, that's what he really struggles with. It's like, am I like this because they beat it into me when I was right. a kid? Or is this a thing or is this that I actually you know? yeah. am connected to organically? Um, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, and, but, yeah, Wolf is, is my favorite because I remember at the time, obviously, Goodfellas, we have all that other shit. We love it. But Wolf spoke to me because I remember at the time coming out of that movie, one, I saw it three times in the movie theater. Um, I saw it because my girlfriend at the time, it came out during the holiday. She was visiting her family and I saw it twice. And when she came back, I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'll see it again. Right. Um, And I remember one, I remember just, I, I, I don't think I've ever laughed that much, that loud, that hard in a movie theater before or probably since. I was screaming in that movie theater. People, like, there were certain people that thought I was, like, losing my mind. I I was just crying, laughing from that movie. And then I just remember the critics being like, oh, he's making 
greed look cool. I'm like, that was, you know what that was? That was when he made that movie, that was like the beginning of wokeness, you know, really kind of mm, seeping into cultural criticism, like mm, in a real way, you know? And it was like, everyone was trying to be, you know, write like a uh, grad school essay about, um, you know, whatever the fuck movie. And they completely missed the fucking point of the movie. It's insane. Um, the point, like, first of all, the reason why people pursue, like, it's so funny because it's like, we just personalize every single analysis, right? Um, this idea that, and, you know, this morally upright person could never... He would never become a Jordan Balfour person. Nobody with any scruples could ever do that. And the point of the movie is like, this shit is attractive. This way of being, this lifestyle is attractive. This is why people pursue it. And some of the worst behaviors are rewarded in this lifestyle. So what does it say about the system, the yeah. culture that produces it? The like, final scene the, in Wolf of Wall the Street, the final scene is in Wolf of Wall Street is Jordan Belfort out of jail doing one of those bullshit um, like uh, seminars, uh, yeah. seminars uh, about business and salesmanship and, you know, self-help and whatever. And you see the crowd and it's a bunch of pathetic losers. And then the camera flips and you are in the crowd. You, the viewer, are in the crowd. And Jordan Belfort looks at you and he goes, sell me this pen. You know, like we're the fucking suckers. We yes. American viewers are the suckers who rehabilitate and 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 allow the Jordan Belforts of the world 100%. to get away with murder. You know, 100%. like that is the point of the fucking movie. Like if you didn't get that, then you're an idiot. <laughs> you know, basically. It, like, it, and again, like, because people are going to sit on their couches, especially the moralizers are going to be like, well, you can't depict working on Wall Street and sniffing cocaine out of a stripper's ass. It's fun. Bitch, it's fun. Yeah. Doing drugs is fun. It's fun. That's why people do it. It's fun. It's not good for you. It's not good for your soul. It's not good for your long term. But while you're doing it, it's yeah. fun. That's how people get seduced by it. And, and I don't know, Marty. I love Marty just because of his fucking humanity, bro. Like, he understands yeah. that people That's what he is. aren't just, like, the words that you put on a piece of paper or a number or just things that you might imagine that you'd like to be like people are are more than that people are three dimensional and like his his films are always that way yeah. and so yeah man i can't wait to yeah. see this movie and you know going back through his filmography to to rank up at least the ones that i i, I have like I'm, I'm missing like two or three that i haven't seen of, mm -hmm. of his smaller books i've seen all the, the major ones and you go through his filmography and, you know, he gets kind of pegged as a, as you know, he does gangster movies over and over again. And it's like just incredibly not true when no. you look at his actual movies, like the age of innocence, like what the fuck? Like, you know, any, <laughs> that is, that is the opposite of gangster. Movies. I watched him called... King of Comedy for the first time last week. King Excellent. Comedy is fucking awesome, dude. Excellent. You see how the Joker just ripped it off. I mean, the Joker just ripped <laughs> yeah, off the King of Comedy. And then they cast Robert De Niro as a stand-up comedian in the movie. You know, like they're just basically telling you I'm remaking the King of Comedy is basically what I'm doing uh, with with Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Um, but yeah, the King of Comedy is, is is incredible. His '80s movies, which are which were seen as kind of duds at the time, yeah. you know, outside of Raging Bull, which was 1980, he was like right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Well, this is this is another interesting conversation. Has Martin Scorsese? This was in the GQ pro profile. Has he made the best movie 
of every decade of the last five decades. I'd like, be willing to entertain it. Yeah, is Taxi Driver the best movie of the 70s? Is Raging Bull the best movie of the 80s? Is Goodfellas the best movie of the yes. 90s? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The answer is yes. Wolf of Wall Street, the best movie of the 2010s. You right. know, like, um, but his 80s movies, uh, um, King of Comedy, After Hours, the, even The Color of Money, you know, which was, a, which was a nice hit and stuff, but it wasn't seen as like a, an important movie. Like, I love those movies. Those movies are fucking yeah. fun as hell. Fine. Um, you know, and they're so weird and different from his standard kind of, uh, like, what, what he's known for is his gangster movies. And I don't know, man. He's just, he's just, uh, he's just an incredible, he's just an incredible artist and an incredible American, really. Like, an incredible human. Um, like, he, he understands America. He sees America. And he critiques America. And, and he does it both artistically in an interesting way and also in a kind of mass appeal way that is that is incredible i mean killers of the flower moon not a nice movie that movie is making good money it's gonna make like some money because people gonna understand it's money. important marty's making it it's important and yo and and the thing is like there a more cynical person could read that gq article and be, marty being like yo i'm about to die you need to see this <laughs> but like but i'm about to die you need to see this though at the same time <laughs> I, agree I agree with that like for real bro like everything this guy's doing and of course you know obviously his his critique of the marvel industrial complex right it. up my fucking alley yeah yeah i absolutely From his lips to god's ears man oh it looks like it's god. ending it looks like the marvel reign is ending oh my god it's it's oh. it's 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 so pathetic their output now like even their biggest fans are like this shit sucks yeah anyway go out and see the movie um we're, we we're uh we'll see you guys next week Shouts to producer John Gervais. Shouts to my man Tony Mays on the check-in um, today. Uh, peace out, y'all.